Well, hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by my good friend, Andrew. How are you doing? I don't know how I keep ending up back here. Yeah. How does this happen? You keep answering the phone. <laughs> maybe maybe we could start start there. I mean, there's compulsion. Why do you why do you keep talking to so many telemarketers? Because you keep picking up the phone. Ah, uh, so skeptics and seekers really is a scam. I, I see. Uh, not see. a successful one, yeah, but I'm trying. All right. so we're now thoroughly off in the weeds. We are oh not nearly off as we're gonna be. <laughs> but um yeah, um I just got off of uh, a podcast and so my throat's a little bit rough right now. Uh finished yelling at Russell for an hour and a half. Uh so you can already hear that show. You've probably heard that show for the last week uh by now, but from my perspective, it's just been a few minutes ago. Um this show also will be a little bit uh, different from my perspective to yours, uh, dear listener. As I'm doing these um, a little bit at a time today, we have Andrew and only Andrew. Uh, I will be doing uh, other shows with just one person and myself uh, kind of interview style. And I think there will be one show, if it goes off well, where there are uh, three people uh, on the show uh, with a little bit of Christian interrogation tossed in for good measure, but it's all the same topic. And I plan to blend it all in one show. So this should be just one week. So as you're listening to the beginning of this show, and I don't plan to edit any of this out, my plan is that this will all end up being one long show <laughs> as opposed to a couple of weeks worth of shows. We'll see how that goes. Uh, today's show is um well it's about a number of things you could say if you were fairly cynical that today's show is why skeptics wouldn't worship god even if he showed up uh in front of us but that's actually not uh the truth because some of the people and i haven't done all the shows might worship god so the real question is what would we do given the cold, hard truth that God is real. And so I want to set this up, a um, couple things. First of all, no equivocations. I will allow no equivocations from any guests. Uh, same. This is the same kind of question I asked Dale about killing his kid. And Gail, Dale took some grief from that, but he answered the question in its truest spirit, and I give him credit for that. And I insist that the skeptics answer this question in its truest spirit. So no equivocations about what you would have to do to prove that God was real. Real. That's not the question. It's not any part of the question. I don't care what you need to do to prove that God was real. The question is, that's already happened. And you know, 100%, as 100% as you know anything, that God is real. We're not, we're not going to equivocate on that. Now then, what would you do? There's another equivocation uh, that I think I will allow later, but initially uh, will not allow. You cannot equivocate on, well, what if it's a different God than the one I've been taught? No, that's an equivocation. It's, it's the God that you expect him to be. It's the God that you think he would be based on your teachings. The God of the Bible, the God of your 
uh, youth, whatever, whatever you think that God is supposed to be, that's the God we're talking about. We're, we're not, uh, we're not taking time to interview God and find out if he was something different. Let's, let's just assume he is the expected God and he is real. What would we do? So that's, uh, that's the setup. Uh, there's one other setup, uh, that I want to get into before letting Andrew uh, begin to answer this question. So uh, just ha- getting off the show uh, with Russell fresh in my mind, and I want to go ahead and address that up front. Russell believes that he has some kind of trump card to play when I say I don't think I would worship uh, God even if I found out he was real. Because we just finished talking about the hiddenness of God, and he's like, aha! So you see, God doesn't need to show up to you at all because... Um, you wouldn't worship anyway. So what would be the point? Well, okay. I want to address that. Um, is there, is there a point to God showing up? Should God show up even if we wouldn't worship? Furthermore, uh, I will also want to deal with the question of, well, you guys are just arguing in bad faith because you're not really open to there being a God. You're not a real seeker. And so not only should God not show up, but, you know, why should I even bother addressing your questions since you're not, you're not a real seeker anyway? Why should, why should we consider your conversation or your shows worth even listening to? So I want to address that. And so those two things I want to address first. Let's start with the last one. Andrew, you do some podcasts. Tell me, uh, tell me about uh, tell me about your podcast efforts. Oh well, um, <clears throat> okay. So we have the most crossover skeptics and seekers, and uh, and one of the shows that I do is still unbelievable uh, with Matthew Taylor. Uh, a lot of your listeners will be familiar with Still Unbelievable, and uh, we put on uh, we put on a Still Unbelievable just about weekly. Uh, in fact, we've got. Uh, uh, we've got the last episode of a of a review series uh, that we are doing uh, concerning the Christian Evidence Society uh, Zoom meetings that have been going on for the last few weeks. Uh, we'll do that last show tomorrow, and uh, in early April, we are going to have uh, Dr. Joshua Swamitis uh, on to discuss his book. Uh, uh, Genesis and the biblical Adam and Eve. Uh, so he thinks that he has a way to uh, reconcile the traditional biblical account of Adam and Eve with evolution. Uh, it's an interesting book. And uh, if folks are interested, watch the Still Unbelievable feed uh, for that episode. And we've got a, a 10 questions uh, series that we do. We're doing the next installment also over the next couple of weeks. David, you may be involved in that one. Uh, our other uh, our other podcast is Proscenium. Proscenium is not like at all uh, skeptics and seekers. We're still unbelievable. Uh, it is a it, it is much more a mindscape uh, type of podcast. We tackle very little religion in Proscenium. Uh, it's a it's a much more cosmopolitan uh, kind of show, um, not quite a variety podcast, uh, but we talk about things like uh, global cyber threats, um, uh, veganism, uh, 
Uh, we talk about the origin of human language, all, all sorts of all sorts of things, archaeology, LGBTQ rights, uh, you name it, you're likely to hear it on proscenium. Uh, so those are uh, those are the places that the listeners can find me and uh, uh, look us up, feedback to us. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's reasonpress at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Okay, uh, excellent. And uh, so I want to tackle the last question first. Uh, since <laughs> you do some of this talking, you've been on some shows that everyone has heard. You've been on uh, Unbelievable with me once upon a time. We used to be on that board uh, quite a bit. I don't think either one of us are, are there much these days, but... Um, board to tears, I think, is... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But there, I mean, I understand there's still some good conversation that happens there. I just, um, a little bit too busy with my own projects to, to be there these days, but it's not that I won't pop in. Uh, ever again and, and say howdy. Um, so that said, uh, you are uh, out there and you do talk to a lot of people, uh, either in text or via the microphone. And I'm pretty sure that you have heard either directly or indirectly the question slash accusation of you're, you're just being a dishonest inter interlocutor. You're disingenuous because you wouldn't worship anyway. So what's what's the point of even engaging with you? So what is the point with engaging with you? Hmm. Well, okay. So I think I think the the question's probably or or that sort of accusation is misguided. Uh, not everybody's going to be an iPhone lover. So what is the point of Apple putting it out in the market? Well, some people are going to love it. Um, so, so if you say, uh, why should God appear to you, Andrew Knight? Uh, even if you weren't, you know, if you weren't going to believe in him, well, first of all, it would get rid of the skeptical objection of hiddenness of God, right? So we wouldn't have this, this would be one issue that Christians wouldn't have to deal with. Even if you thought I wasn't going to worship, and by the way, I'll just go ahead and cut to the end of, of that particular uh, chapter in the book and say, yes, I would not. But whether I would or wouldn't, the question should be reliably capable of being answered regardless of my response to it. So um, I may vote Republican or Democrat, but one party shouldn't hide just because I wouldn't vote for them. You should have a level playing field. You should, you should be able to answer the question of existence, regardless of whether I would worship you or not. But you can be damn sure that if you're not going to show up, I'm not going to worship you. And so it is self-defeating, in my view, to simply say, well, God's hiding because you wouldn't worship him anyway. So and that's what we're going to we're 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 get back to that. But I, I want to reemphasize the uh, question here that I want to get more feedback on right now, which is not <laughs> just why should God show up? even if you don't worship him, but why should Christians even bother having a conversation with you since you refuse to worship anyway? 
In other words, all of their all of their evangelistic efforts are wasted on you. So why why even bother? Well, I'm holding my conversations in public. Uh, now, look, if you uh, if you come around and knock on my uh, you come around and knock on my door, uh, we may or may not have a conversation depending on whether uh, whether I have time to see if there's something new and interesting that you're going to say. Um, but this conversation that we're having is going to land in the public sphere uh, to the extent that anyone cares to, to come and look it up and listen. And so when you converse with me, especially in this format, but even, even on discussion boards, or, you know, in blog form or in book form, um, these things are in the public sphere. And you should engage with me because I'm going to make the best arguments I can uh, about why I'm not convinced. And if you've got reasons that I should be, then you're not just talking to me when we're in the public space. You're not just talking to me. You're talking to everyone like me that has a similar objection. And you may think that I'm dishonest, that I'm uh, somehow not the right person to, uh, to communicate with. If so, we don't have to have a conversation. But if you think there's an honest objector out there that has the objections I have, then the reason you should have the conversation with me is because it may reach those people. Okay, let me, let me pile on to that. Um... I plan to do most of this interview style. I still haven't decided whether I'm going to answer the question on this show or not. <laughs> so, fair, fair. Well, uh, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, we'll see. I, I thought about doing a solo show where I just interview myself for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I do want to I do want to pile on to that idea because I, I track with that thought. So I, I think Part of the problem with that question is it assumes an evangelistic missional position from the Christian. Um, and that is, that is just the wrong way to enter a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's like having a conversation with a salesman about football. And you think that you're talking about football, but actually the salesman is just trying to find an end to sell you a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Um, what you, what you want is just a conversation with a dude about a thing. You're not looking for a sales pitch, but with a Christian on, on these boards, it's always an evangelistic kind of missional operation that they're doing. And so they ask the question from the perspective of why should I waste my time talking to you about this? Well, actually, if you're doing it evangelistically, you shouldn't. You should go to hell. Uh, screw you. <laughs> that's that's what you should do. If you if you if the only reason you think there is to talk to me about something is to try to change my mind and convince me to to get on your train, screw you. That's that's kind of my answer to that. So you should quit talking to me. Um, if that's if that's it. However, if you want to talk like folks about a thing that matters in society and culture, uh, 
and see if we can't find points of agreement in places where we can uh, negotiate and compromise and make society a little bit better place for everybody, you're welcome at the table. Let's have a discussion. But if the only purpose that you're having the discussion is so you can make a sale for Jesus, fuck you. Wait a minute. I probably should, probably should edit that out. Um, not going to happen. You. Was, I was editing. Is that not how it works? Anyway. <laughs> well, it depends on how hard you pray, apparently. <laughs> Let me let me oh, pray that sorry, one out. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me know, I, let me know how so that works is, for you. <laughs> I've got I've got a little passion behind this. So yeah, um, and I've been a salesman. I know what that I know what that thought process is. And if as a Christian you're just a salesman for Jesus, and that's what that's how you approach every conversation, well, the problems you're having with the conversation are on you. Those are entirely your problems. It's, it's not the skeptic's problem. The skeptic didn't ask for a sales pitch. We were just having a conversation about a thing that's important. We're not trying to sell you on anything. Uh, you see, one of, the, one of the things I used to tell Dell a lot um, is the reason I could beat him uh, in our debates on skeptics and seekers is not because I was smarter than him. It's not because I had better preparation than him or was more academic than him. It's because I didn't give a damn. Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything to win or lose. We're just talking here. But for Dale, it's life and death. Every show, uh, it's life and death. He's trying to he's trying to score some points for Jesus. And that's a lot of pressure, <laughs> you know? Um, that's, that's more pressure than anyone should have, uh, picking up a microphone and just chatting with a friend about a thing. So I'm going to always win if you think that every conversation is a debate and it's, you know, you're scoring Jesus points. You're never going to score enough. You're never going to win that fight. You should stop trying. You would have a better conversation if you just learned how to have a conversation. Uh, and what would be the point of the conversation? It's an important topic. Uh, it's a, an important cultural topic that touches on politics and, and science and everything else about our lives. We should be able to talk about it. I disagree with the people who say that religion is one of the two uh, verboten topics that we should never talk about. Screw that. Of course we should talk about it. But we should talk about it and not use it as a kind of a, a sideways sales pitch. Uh, so I, I think that if you're asking the kind of question of what's the point of talking to an atheist whose mind is not, quote unquote, open, well, then you're just asking the wrong question and you're having a conversation for the wrong reasons. My mind isn't open about being an Auburn fan. But I will talk to someone about the Alabama and Auburn football rivalry all day and enjoy the conversation. But if, if the requirement is that my mind has to be open to becoming an Auburn fan, you uh, wait a minute, edit. Screw you. I'm trying to do better. That's right. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a sales pitch in there somewhere. Look, to take this and... Uh, and clear up some possible misconceptions. Um, I think one of the words that we have to be really careful to, to define here is worship, right? So, so uh, for purposes of this conversation, I'm perfectly happy to use a, a fairly standard definition of, of worship. A fairly standard usage goes something like this. A, a feeling of, um, a feeling or expression of reverence or adoration of a deity. Now, there's some things I've, I find interesting about 
that definition. By the way, I, I just Google definition worship, right? Um, it's feeling or expression of reverence or adoration of a deity. Now, here's one of the things I find interesting about that definition. It doesn't say a capital G-O-D. And you might ask, well, why not? Because it doesn't appear that uh, that deity is uh, is very easily cleared up, right? If capital G-O-D came around and said, here I am, everyone. Feel worship and adoration, feel, uh, uh, feel reverence and adoration for me. We would be having a different conversation. But in fact, we're not because one of the things you had to do, David, in order to even set this up was say, the God that showed up is the one that, that you grew up with, right? That, that is, in fact, the only way to get around equivocation. And this, by the way, is true for the Christian, too. It's just that they, uh, the individual Christian, whoever he or she is, is willing to worship their picture of God that they have in their head. But it is not as if. There is a God that comes and cleans up the picture of deity and says, this is what it means to be deity. Here I am. And you should all worship me. Because not even Christians share the same definition, if you will, of God. So let's talk about, um, let's get into the question a little bit more. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, there, there are couple more layers to unpeel and uh, we won't make this long but um let me give you a chance to uh go through a challenge or two all right um so let's look at the idea of worship and uh okay. for the sake of argument uh yeah let's let's remove the equivocation from worship which is um something i should have done up front which is to say uh, we don't get to redefine worship for this either worship is whatever we thought worship used to be, whatever, whatever we think it is, right? And so um, we don't get to redefine, you know, well, maybe I would worship if worship meant eating a banana every day. Um, okay, I've got to tell you, though, I did feel fairly equivocal on this topic, even when I was a, when I was a Christian. So, but sure. but I'll, uh, I will do my best. Sure. So I'm not, I'm not even, Worship doesn't mean what other people think it means. Worship means what you think it means. Okay. Um, yep. Just in the same way that God doesn't mean what other people think it means. It means what you think it means. Um, so if the God that you think it means uh, showed up in a way that's unequivocal in a way that you think is unequivocal uh, and demands you to worship as you think worship is, uh, what would you do? So I want to eliminate one of the possible objections mm. uh, and make this a little bit more difficult because actually this is an objection that I had. And one of the reasons I'm able to narrow down this and keep taking away some of the equivocations is because when I tried to answer this question, I came up with all of these equivocations. And so these are just ways for me to say, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. So I, I've rejected all of my answers up to this point because I kept, I kept narrowing it down. I kept realizing the game that I was playing with the answers and saying, no, no, that, that's not fair. 
Um, so if it's not fair for me, uh, then no one else is going to be able to get away with it either. So um, we, the one thing I won't allow is, especially for us extens, uh, Darren, if we get Darren on uh, one of these, I will allow it for him. But what I would allow Darren to say that I will not allow any of us to say is, well, we're just not the kind of people who would worship. Because that's bullshit. Stuff, bull, bull stuff. That's um, e e excrement, Bo bovine, male bovine excrement. I don't know if I'm making this better or worse. <laughs> Couldn't it be female? I no, because there are no um, female bulls. <laughs> that is not an utter. Well, well um, so <laughs> put that down. <laughs> so, well, that is not milk. <laughs> Stop okay. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Um, here's the. I'm sorry. Here's the uh, equivocation that we we can't say that you're not the kind of person. Who would worship because you are the kind of person who would worship we worship we know that because you used to worship and you claim to have been sincere doing it so you in fact are the kind of person who would worship so why wouldn't you worship today when you would have gladly worshiped 20 years ago frankly because the uh, god that i believed in is a horrible, wretched, murderous, uh, etc. Allah Richard Dawkins. Uh, God, yeah, but he was not that, he was that anyway. He was that then. So what's changed? Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? I have uh, a God that would kill uh, everyone on earth and leave eight people is no longer a God I can tolerate. Yeah, but those people were really bad. They deserved it. Mm -hmm. So I'm also no longer convinced that there's a, that it is possible that there's a being that can read the minds of, of every individual on the planet and come to the conclusion that actually it's just these eight people over here that are willing to build this ridiculous wooden boat. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm uh, going to have to call equivocation on that, though, because uh, for the sake of this question, I know that you don't actually believe this. For the sake of the question, you actually do believe that that God exists. Okay, but I answered it uh, at the beginning then, didn't I? That uh, I don't believe that God is worthy of worship for the reasons that I gave. Okay, so we're, I'm going to cover that too. I just wanted, I, I, this is the answer that I thought you would give. I just wanted to make sure that it is given very clearly and within the bounds of a challenge, which, uh, which it is. But now I'm going to change the rules because... It's fun when you. Oh, we're moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Okay, no, I'm ready. We're, just, we're we're moving from goalposts to tennis nets. That's that's what kind of rules we're changing. We're no, okay. We're, All right. Uh, we're not so just how are the rules changing? Look, look, so there's a lot more to be said. I know we don't right. have time, 
to, to go into this. But there's I'm a lot more out, to be said. I'm going to tease out as much as I can by shifting sure. some of the rules. So um, okay. it's not just arbitrary. So I've given a tight set of rules, and I think you, that you've answered within that spirit, whether you've uh, wanted to or not. <laughs> but I want to make I want to give the Christians next question. So you think that God is unworthy of worship. But mm. what if you uh, discovered that there was a God and he was worthy of worship? And by worthy of worship, I mean, what if he wasn't immoral? So aren't we just equivocating when you say you wouldn't worship him because he was immoral? Isn't it true that you wouldn't even worship him even if he was moral? I don't know. Present me with a moral God. And, and let's find out. I mean, if, if we're just going to stick with the, with the sort of usual definition, it's the one that I brought and the one I intend to stick with. Uh, if we're just talking about uh, a feeling of adoration, a feeling of reverence and adoration, um, maybe. But that's not how I understood worship as a Christian anyway. It was, it was something more encompassing than that. It was a lot more sycophantic. Well, right. So it was uh, it was the willingness to uh, completely subvert my own thoughts, my own will, my my own intellect to give up whoever Andrew Knight is and be willing at, at any moment to deny myself. And in fact, take the commandment to deny myself in every possible way uh, that, that might run contrary to, to what this, this God wanted. And, and sometimes it wasn't even possible to know what those ways were, right? In fact, so you and I come from, a, from the same religious tradition. Um, we, would, we were actually taught to, to pray for forgiveness of, of sins of omission, those things that we could be certain in our own minds that we had done wrong. Uh, sorry, sins of commission, the things that we could be certain that we had done wrong. And, and sins of omission, which in one special case, actually meant that we had to ask forgiveness for even things that we didn't know that we did wrong, but that we did. Right. Sins of commission, the things we did wrong, and sins of omission, the things that we should have done that we didn't do, or that we did that we didn't know we shouldn't have done. And, and it is that kind of worship that I would absolutely have no part of for two reasons. First, I think it's immoral to ask someone to give up uh, the center of themselves in that way. And second, as far as I can tell, uh, you, cannot, you can command someone to go through acts of worship, uh, two songs, a prayer, a song, preaching, uh, giving and you know eating crackers and grape juice, right? We can we can command those acts of worship, but there's no sense in which it appears reasonable to say that the feeling of adoration or reverence can be commanded. Okay, so I will I will jump in and answer this question for myself. Um, as I imagine people want to know how I'd answer that. And my answer is the same as yours, only shorter. Uh, I don't think that a moral God would want me to worship him. So I, I just find it 
to be an oxymoron. If, if you say, imagine a good God, uh, not, not evil, would you worship him? Is to say, um, would, you, would you do a thing that no good God would want you to do? Um, so it's, it's kind of an oxymoronic question to me. Uh, and so I would just have to challenge the Christian to explain why it's good for us to worship. And I know that Christians have answers for that, but I, and, uh, I would have tried to give answers to that when I was a Christian, but uh, they all ring very hollow to me today. Uh, just for a moment there, um, one of the answers that I often get uh, over on Still Unbelievable when this comes up, and I, I think you've seen it on the SNS boards, is uh, I worship God because God makes me better. That kind of answer. If, if I weren't a Christian, I would. I insert some vile act here, right? In that case, uh, I don't think your God exists, but by all means, keep being a Christian. But just because you'd be a just because you'd be a vile asshat, just because you would disadvantage the people around you, if you didn't have a God you believed in, doesn't mean that that's how the rest of us would act. Nor does it mean that that's what the rest of us need uh, not to do the same thing. And if you're broken in that way, that that your belief in God is the thing that keeps you from, um, uh, from beating your children? Or if it's the thing that keeps you from stealing from the business you work for, keep going to church. We want you to. Yep. Yeah. Uh, by the um, way, I figured you'd want that. So uh, collective we there. But yeah. I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it is just simple nonsense to say that I have to have them. The same just, thing. Just so you know, all we's are collective. Um, uh, well, but but the but the range of the collection is what's in question. So <laughs> that we was you and I, not every possible skeptic. <laughs> so so uh, so thanks for the attempt, but that actually was Cal Malk. These are the sorts of things that make our conversations go on way too long and make them way too fruitless. Uh, so, so I I withdraw uh, for the moment, although I meant it and I'm right. Um, so, okay, listeners, um, it's, it's you know you know where to weigh in. Um, uh, look, we all know I'm an asshat. All right. Uh, I don't know if they know that about you too. But yeah, you should. should be going. You should be going to church. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the idea of you know he makes us better just is a non-starter for me. You know who makes me better? My doctor makes me better. Uh, I've had some brilliant mm. doctors. I've, I'm fairly convinced that I would be dead two or three times over if it wasn't for the action of doctors uh, in my life. Uh, you know, some of them were big actions. Some of them were small. Uh, my doctors have collectively speaking made me better. Some were idiots, um, but by and large, uh, modern medicine and the people who have taken the personal time to, uh, you know, take my care seriously and in their hands for large sums of money, by the way, uh, have made me better. I am not even remotely 
inclined to worship one of them. Oh, I don't even think I've ever sent a thank you note. And uh, I did mention I was an asshat. But uh, honestly, how many people send a thank you note to their doctor because they prescribed them, uh, you know, the right drug? It doesn't, uh, you know, I have good relationships with my doctors most of the time. But I mean, the idea of, of prostrating myself uh, before them and worshiping them even one time is, is, is a senseless idea to me. And so, you know, you can say, well, God, he saved, he saved you from uh, in eternity in, in hell, the, the one that he created. But never mind that. Um, so me, in, in my economy of gratitude, maybe I would write him a thank you note. When I got to see him, I would, I would spend a good 30 minutes uh, telling him how much I appreciated uh, what he did. Uh, but that's not worship. And I don't, I don't understand that next step from uh, showing uh, a one-time uh, act of gratitude and a lifetime of worship. I want to say something there that is particularly important to me because I don't want to leave room for Christian responders to equivocate over this. When I say I wouldn't worship uh, a God. And, and, and let me, let, let me just, let's imagine for a moment that there's a God um, that, that is largely uh, in agreement with the system of ethics that I promote, uh, that that God uh, loves the people I love, that that God uh, would save the people that, uh, that need to be saved. He's not going to leave anybody behind. He's He's not stacking up souls in hell like cordwood to warm the floors of heaven. Let's just presume that that was the God that came around. No, I wouldn't worship him. So don't press the fast forward button yet. That doesn't mean that if there were a good God with a, with a, with a reasonable system of ethics, and a reasonable system of, of balance in the way he approached or she approached all of humanity, I wouldn't be a good citizen within that system. They are damn straight. Worship is off the table. It's off the table. Right. So but I could be, sorry, just to just to say that again. I could be a good citizen in that kind of system, in the same way that I'm a good citizen in the community that I live in, and you're welcome to inquire of my neighbors as to whether I'm a good neighbor, right? I can be a good citizen, but worship's all the ones that are still alive, sure. Um, well, they're pretty ahead. far away. That's what makes me a good neighbor. <laughs> Just a couple of miles between me and my, no, I, I live in the neighborhood, folks. Uh, so I just, I want that piece of equivocation uh, done well. Worship's off the table, but it doesn't mean that I would not be a good citizen. And if that's not good enough for your God, sorry. I could be a good bad. citizen in America. Um, and I'm glad that Biden won the presidency. I voted for Biden. But sometimes Biden's an idiot. Uh, you know, sometimes a good guy does something good. Sometimes he's an idiot. Um, yeah, I mean, great. you can't even walk can't... up the stairs, dude. 
Okay, can I can I, can I feel the same way about God? I mean, if you know, I could live in heaven or you know whatever heavenly earth, new earth it is, uh, as as long as I can say, yeah, you know that uh, you know our president slash king, whatever he wants to be called over there, he's a pretty good guy sometimes, but uh, you know he really fucked up the salmon today. <laughs> so you know, do I? I think. So the, for me, there is a real problem here. If if you would if if you're the the hypothetical editorial you, that person is out there saying, "Okay, right," but you, you mean can't the collective be, you? <laughs> um, well, okay, I, leaving that for the moment. Never, never um, mind me. <laughs> if 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 you're saying to yourself now, but you can't be a good citizen without worship, then we simply don't have the same understanding of what it means to be a good citizen. Because if, if the, if, if the or, or center of, absolutely, but in, in this case, I'm just talking about my response, right? So if, if your definition of me as a good citizen is that I have to come and, uh, and you know, take my shoes off at the door and uh, crawl on my knees to the altar or leave my shoes on and sit in the pews and sing every word of the songs. Or if it's just that I have to sit with you while you do those things so that I appear to worship. I, I don't care how lax it is. If worship is the thing that you think I have to do in order to be a good citizen, we simply don't understand good citizenry together. And the very fact that you would ask your God and have the people around you and that you would yourself require that of me makes you less a good citizen than I am. Okay. Um, is there a difference between worship and love? Yes. Okay. So do you think Christians would be Is that happy? one short enough? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the right answer. Um, these are leading questions because we're, we're uh, getting close to um, 15 minutes past the end. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as we do. Yeah, right. As we do. Um, so do you think it would satisfy Christians if we said, well, if, if we knew that God was real and if God was the kind of God that we thought of as moral, uh, we could go to love God, but not worship God. Do you think they would be satisfied with that answer? I don't know, but as I said a few minutes ago, there, there are gods, there are versions of gods in, in whose kingdoms I could be a good citizen. And, and it might even fairly be said that I could, could love that God. I don't know. See, the problem with loving a God is that I have never actually experienced the sort of personal relationship um, with, a, with a, a God concept that some Christians claim they have, right? So to, to what extent can I be a good citizen in the United States? Well, well to a fair degree, actually. I can be a very good citizen. Um, to what extent can I love Joe Biden? It, it's, it's almost a question that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I don't know Joe Biden. Uh, maybe he's a lovable, lovable guy. Uh, maybe when you get him in private, he's a screamer. 
I, I have no idea. Uh, but what I do know is to ask the question about whether I could love someone who is that remote from me is the kind of question that really doesn't mean anything because yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what, what that kind of love means. I asked this question a different way uh, about a year or two ago, which is uh, what does it mean to love an invisible person? You know, if, if God, even if you thought God was real, but he's invisible, um, what does it mean to love him? You can't, you can't yeah, talk know. to him in a regular way. They can't talk to you in a regular way. You can't interact with him in a regular way, but I loved him so much. What, how, how exactly <laughs> um, do you do that? Um, I, I can see loving a teddy bear. Uh, I've had teddy bears that I've loved. No, I'm not talking about the uh, hooker on 42nd Street. I respected her. I didn't love her. Um, it was a him. We weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> like you're the one that's hung on these poles, dude. It's not he, my fault. Uh, it was very convincing. That's all I'm going to okay. say. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can, uh, you can love an inanimate object. You can love a pet that doesn't have intelligence. But I don't know how to love something that's not actually there in some tangible way. Um, I don't know what that means to say I love uh, Maggie, my invisible friend. That's, that's, that's a meaningless set of words to me. Right. And as I understand, um, as, as I understand love, the way I practice it in my own life, um, those relationships are a process of give and take. And in the relationship that I felt like I had as a Christian. And, and I'll just say for the record that uh, I liked Paul uh, much more than I liked the Jesus character. Uh, there, were, there were some ways in which I liked Peter more than I did Paul. Yeah, um, so, well, but, but here's my point. I had a relationship to these more human characters Sure. Uh, in the in the same way that I have a, a relationship with uh, with characters in my in my favorite books, right? Um, but not like your alien but, girlfriend. That's different. Now that that is very different. <laughs> she she rocks, dude. Let me just okay. So, but here's my point. It's made of the, um, <laughs> because your girlfriend is Florida, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> I told you she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. uh, <laughs> unite. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so here's my uh, here's here's my uh, here's my point. Um, the way that I love the the real people in my life is very different from the way that I have this this sort of affection uh, for characters in the books I read. And to whatever extent I had a relationship with characters in the Old and New Testament, it was the same relationship that I have with other characters in other books that I read. And that included the, the Jesus character, the God character, the Holy Spirit character. And at some point, I recognized the difference. There was no give and take in that relationship. Uh, whatever giving I felt God did, I had to attribute to God 
Whatever things I felt like God was condemning me for, I had to attribute to God. There was no sense in which there was someone on the other side of the relationship saying, hey, Andrew, I don't like this thing that you did, and I need you to do better. Or, hey, Andrew, that thing that you did was was pretty cool, and I hope you'll do more of it. The only way I got those things was by reading a book written by people. And in no sense did I have a real relationship with any of those characters. Okay, let me let me jump jump in and move to the end. We've got to wrap this up. Um, so uh, before we leave the love idea, I, I would say that I can't love someone that I don't know. It, it's meaningless. Uh, you know, someone says, do you love God? Well, I don't know God. Uh, so what if God tapped me on the shoulder and said, here I am. Then what I love God, I still don't know him. Right. I still don't know him. In fact, I know him even less now because he apparently is a kind of God who shows up. And before I didn't think he was. So I don't know him. And um, I just I had to get this in here. Uh, I think it's I think part of the reason why you and I have trouble picturing a biblical God that we would consider moral is the idea that the biblical God commands you to love him, commands you to worship. So take worship off the table for a moment. Okay. We're, we're commanded to love God. Think about how utterly absurd that is, how utterly foreign, how utterly alien that is to the human ear. Tell, tell me any other occasion where any relationship would be predicated on someone commanding you to love them. You would, you would say, you don't understand humanity if, if you're serious. Right. You know, a king can command you to bow and scrape, but he can't make you love him. What kings like to hear from their, their um, toadies is that the people love you because they know that that's the thing that they can't command. If the people sure. don't love him, fine, uh, you know, he, he can live with that, but he can't command it. A truly loved monarch, that's, that's a, a rare and cherished thing because he can't command anyone to love them. Um, uh, presidents can't command love. They can take polls and see whether people approve of them or not, but they can't make people love them. There's, it's not possible. And in more personal relationships, uh, let's just say uh, friendships, you and I, you can't make me love you. I either love you or I don't love you. And that's, sure. you know, that's over, over the course of, it's not like the first day we met, you know, it's not like I said, hey, uh, by the way, uh, what was your name again, Andrew? Do you love me? I need you to love me. Do you, that's not how this works ever. Uh, it, you just it, don't remember the first day we met, do you? You just don't. I try to block it out. Um, things <laughs> oh, that, that was very nicely returned. That <laughs> was very nicely done. There were, there were things that I want to revisit. Very nicely done. I'm just saying, uh, with most people, that's not how it works. Uh, a love relationship, whether, whatever kind of relationship is, has to develop naturally, organically, over time. Uh, and sometimes people talk about love at first sight. 
but most of us kind of poo-poo the idea of love at first sight. And we kind of know what it's most because we all know what it is. It's less than person. We all know what that right. is. We, right. Yeah, or, or even infatuation. Maybe we meet someone at, at work uh, and we say, I really got, uh, got along with that guy. I think I'd, I think I'd like to invite him over. But sure. that's, you know, that's the beginning of a love relationship. It's not love. Right. That's that's something that happens organically and it either does or it doesn't. You can't force it. And you certainly can't tell someone to do it. So um, the fact that the Bible is so full of commands that we love God makes me believe that the God of the Bible is hopelessly insecure. He does not believe that if he actually showed up and interacted with human beings, uh, beings in a normal way that we would love him. Uh, and so he, he makes it a prerequisite that we have to love him or else he'll do bad things to us. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as there is a negative consequence to me not loving you, you have guaranteed the impossibility of me ever genuinely loving you. Even if Absolutely. I would have wanted to, even if, if, uh, you know, over time, a strong love relationship would have happened. The moment you say, oh, but if you don't love me, uh, you're going to go to hell, whatever hell means. Right. Right. That is a relationship it's built over. on dominance, not love. There, right. there, is, there is no relationship uh, where dominance is the, the thing that can be put before love, right? Where you say, well, you're not going to love me, so I'm going to send you. Frankly, uh, wherever that happens in the real world. And, and yes, by the way, I just said, uh, gods don't exist. But wherever that happens in the real world, we know what we call that. Either it's me or nobody else. Either I have you or no one has you. We know what we call those relationships. Those are, those are domestic violence relationships. We know what those are. We don't that, even question it anymore. That's what it feels like. This, we should. The, the Christian God relationship is really kind of a, a Stockholm syndrome type thing where Christians are afraid not to love them. Right. Now, if, if there were a God that showed up and said, hey, I am willing to meet you. And, and, well, I'll get to the end of this. I'm willing to meet you halfway and we are going to learn to trust each other. And then I hope we will learn to love each other. I don't, I don't have a problem with trying that out. By the way, I also don't have a problem with lust at first sight. I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm not jaded about that. This is how people meet and, and how they form longer relationships. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Right, but I, but I'm to go along, okay with only lust relationships. So if someone doesn't sure. really get married and they just want to have lust relationships all of their life, and if they can handle that, great. I right. I don't as long as the other as long as you're not hurting people. Yeah, right. That doesn't seem to be the most fulfilling type of life. Uh, people who do it, I'm somewhat envious of them, but they seem to be less happy than me. Um, but I don't have a problem with it if if you want to give it a go. Right, because there may be people that I don't know that do it perfectly well and it is how they're happy. But, but this, this idea that a God would come along and, and form a, a relationship that isn't based on eventual condemnation if I, if I finally say no, right? 
um, I would be perfectly fine with, uh, with trying that out. Um, but you that did. is not, right, it, right. But that's I, I not I still think it was a little creepy that he, the only reason he's talking to me is to try to sell me on a relationship. Because once again, relationships aren't things that yield to sales very well. They, they, are, they, they need to be a little bit more natural than that. Uh, you know, don't target me for anything. But if, once again, if you're just the kind of guy who wants to get to know everybody in the neighborhood, and so you throw a block party and everybody can come and you'll provide the food and booze and, you know, there's no obligation after the party. Great. Let's, let's, let's do that. Uh, but right. that's not the relationship we have with God or, right. that, that we're and, offered in the Bible. Right. And to put a bow on that, it's not a relationship that we can have. Right. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man, yada, yada, yada. The problem with the Christian story, and, and frankly, the problem with all three of the major monotheistic stories, there may be others that, I'm, that I don't know well that wouldn't suffer from this deficiency. But the problem with the three major monotheistic religions is that you simply have a God that humans can't have a normal relationship with. And so that too is why I can't worship. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to change my mind. Uh, so this show is going too long. I'm going to post this show as a separate uh, podcast. Um, and I'll probably post it uh, early. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Apologies, so this is what happens when we get on the phone. Anyone <laughs> who believed me when I first started talking and said what kind of thing this is going to be, that's on you. Uh, at this point, you should, have, you should have known who I was by now. Um, <laughs> So, Evil plan laugh. <laughs> no, no, I have no plan. Uh, if only. Uh, I'm sure it would be evil if I planned, but I clearly don't plan these things out very well at all. Um, I do want to get to the uh, ultimate question, though, uh, because I think that's the question that a lot of Christians would still want to know. So we've mm. we've worked out, you know, what is God? What is worship? How do you, uh, you know, is there any scenario where we would worship I think we're both in the same place on that. There's no scenario where I would consider the command to worship a, a good thing. It's all very, very creepy, and I don't, I don't get it, and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, but that said, if the God that we expected does happen to be real, and he does uh, reveal himself in a way that we are convinced, then the question moves from would we worship him, no, to what would we do? Because that would be a problem, would it not? <laughs> it would be, it would be a real problem for me personally. If right now I came to a properly basic belief that God was real, and and in learning that He was real, I also learned that He was everything I thought He was all the bad that I thought he was, and he demands all the things that I think he does. The only difference is I know he's real instead of believing he doesn't. That would be a problem for me. Would that be a problem for you? Yes, and, and I know what I would do about it. Uh, so, so we did have a little bit of conversation about these things before we went, Mike. 
And it gave me the opportunity to think about this specific question and what I would actually do. Okay. Uh, I have a girlfriend and a daughter. And I have said in the past, uh, when I wasn't thinking specifically about them, that if the God that I was taught to believe in, which is, by the way, the God that lots of people believe in, the, the pretty petty dictator that, uh, you know, flooded the earth and killed everyone and uh, separated the languages at the Tower of Babel and et cetera, et cetera, right? That God. Um, I have said in the past that not only would I not worship that God, but that I would view it as my responsibility to actively work against that God in order to bring about the end of this earth as quickly as possible. Uh, the reason is that uh, I was also taught that uh, God is long suffering to bring as many souls to him as possible. So he'll stretch out time as long as he can. And that it's the bad people that shorten time and make uh, you know, and there's, there's some balance between the negative things that we do and God's long-suffering nature. And uh, the more evil in the world, uh, the closer that, that end time draws, right? If I really thought that there were a God that were killing nine out of 10 people or 99 out of 100 or whatever, uh, whatever fraction you prefer where he loses more than he wins, I would view it as my responsibility to bring the end of this earth about as rapidly as possible because I would keep more souls out of hell. There would be fewer people being tortured forever. There are people who disagree with me. But in consideration of the fact that I have a, a child and a girlfriend, I think today I would actually be a double agent. I would, I would work as hard as I could for them to believe, hoping that they could. But it wouldn't change my responsibility. That God is still condemning more than he is saving. He is still the wretched, awful, evil bastard that needs to be done away with. And we just don't have the ability. But here's the truth out of all of us, I think, David. If we all thought that there was a God who lost more than he won, and we had the ability, we would all get rid of him, Christian or non-Christian, because I think, I think most of us are that good. But given the God that I was taught to believe in, I think I'd have to serve as a double agent to prevent as many people from going to hell as I could possibly prevent. And to, and to hopefully save the few people I love. Okay, I'm going to jump in. This will be my closing remark and I'll try to answer the question too. Uh, first of all, uh, Andrew keeps making reference to his girlfriend and his daughter. I've met him, his girlfriend is a, a, a Horta from the original Star Trek, his daughter is a seashell. Just keep humoring him. Um, it's it's a lovely seashell. I, I've, I've got to tell you that uh, somehow that analogy got away from you. <laughs> what would happen it, it if got, a human made it with a horda? I don't think they would have a rock. Third degree burns, I think, would, I think is what would happen. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a not a mason. <laughs> Which is uh, probably what he said. Um, so um, here's here's the thing. I I think Teddy is right. I'm going to give some ground to Teddy. It's easy for me to shake my defiant fist at a God that's not there. But a God that's there, I would not shake my defiant fist any more than I would shake my defiant fist if America were overrun by the Russians and the Russians were our new overlord. I would first learn to speak Russian. Um, and I would not uh, join anti-Russian campaigns. I would try to join, well, I would try to join nothing. I would try to stay under the radar. Uh, but, you know, I don't want my family targeted by uh, these people. Um, I, even if I were willing to throw my life away in defiance, there are, there are people that I would want to protect. So uh, I wouldn't go out marching in the streets. Um, I don't even think I would be in one of the underground resistance cells because I'm not a resistance fighter. There isn't, you know, I, I don't have any knees. <laughs> my knees are terrible. Um, I'm not a young man. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, there may be some small act of resistance I could make, but I don't think that I would, I, I think that I would try to stay low and fit in and live out my life. Because as a black male, uh, live free or die is not a motto I can really get behind. Uh, our people could have gotten behind that and then there would be no black males in America because we would have all died. Uh, so I, I'm somewhat used to the idea of uh, being captured by one superpower or another. And I can kind of relate to those aliens in Star Trek who are, you know, they're just captured by one race or another, occupied until the occupiers get tired and leave. Um, you're, always, you're always having to salute somebody. So, um, so it's the Russians today, maybe the Germans tomorrow, maybe the English take us back. Uh, please, English take us back. Um, Matt, get on that. We <laughs> send, a, send a letter to the British. Uh, we're sorry. Would you please take us back? By the way, we love your tea. Um, just, just send that off. Um, so anyway, I don't, I guess I don't really care that much politically about who's in the White House. Um, I'm glad Trump's not there. Glad, um, what's his face is, <laughs> I don't care. But at, at the end of the day, if we're in war with somebody and we lose, guess what? I'm gonna try to survive. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna die for the flag. War is over, we lost, great. I'll just, I'll learn to draw a new flag. Perfect. Uh, I'll learn a new anthem. I like just about every other country's national anthem better than ours anyway. I, so that's- you see, that's this leader though. Let, let me just finish real quick because I, um, I say all of that to say, if I wouldn't do that for a human overlord that I despised, I'm fairly sure that I would not go fighting against a deity overlord that I despised. Now, I would still end up in hell because he knows I despised it. But my first, my first 
attempt would be to try to blend in and see if he noticed. If he does notice, and he's determined to send me to hell anyway because I didn't like him, you know, it was a matter of my heart, then I would try to make a deal with him. In the, in the deal I would make, I would be willing to make the deal of, I will become your best evangelist. Because I'm a, I'm a pretty good podcaster, a decent writer, and a good speaker. I will speak on your behalf until my dying day and make many converts for you if you save and then I'll have a list of people. <laughs> and uh, he would have to agree to save them no matter what. I would try everything I could um, to do that. Uh, but I, but I wouldn't pick up a rifle and start shooting, uh, because frankly, there's no rifle big enough. There's no weapon sufficient enough to deal with that God anyway. Uh, so I think Teddy's right. Uh, at least in that I would try to work something out, but what I wouldn't do is change my heart so that I suddenly loved him. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I couldn't do that. I try. I think I would try. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, would you at least give it a try? <laughs> but uh, but knowing that we would fail that, you know, then you've got to fall back on whatever practical thing uh, you can do. So that's that's me. I'll let you have the last word since uh, this is your interview. Go for it. Well, you got to where I was going to get to, uh, and and that is that this God actually knows. Uh, this God knows your every thought. And um, I do think it speaks to one interesting problem in the New Testament, though, as, as somewhat tangential, the idea that a, uh, a, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, right? I'm, I, I think that probably a God would allow double agents uh, if that double agent could reach people that, uh, you know, that that God wouldn't otherwise reach. Uh, I think he would allow uh, double agents. And so uh, this, this is one of those places where, you know, the kingdom divided against itself or a house divided against itself can't stand is, is probably too simplistic for the landscape uh, that, that really needs to be discussed. Like I said, tangential to whether I would worship. Um, but in the case that the God I was taught to believe in came around. Uh, he's not worthy of worship. Uh, if you've got a different God, by the way, if, it, if you think that we're attacking straw men, uh, there's a solution for that. Trot out the real man. You're welcome to tell me at reasonpress at gmail.com what God you believe in and why. What characteristics does your God have that that mine doesn't. How is my God different from yours? Uh, surely you can write. Uh, you can write over on the SNS board. I'll be over there for this for this show. Um, tell me there. Which God do you believe in? How does it differ from the God I believe in? And let's see if you have one worthy of worship. Pretty familiar with Christianity. I'll tell you this up front. If you've got a God that will let one person languish in hell for eternity for temporal crimes, even crimes against humanity, if he's going to, if you're going to lose one, if there, if there is a token sinner 
that will represent all of humanity in the same way that Jesus supposedly represented uh, people on the cross, right? If, if your God is so good that he says, well, actually, I've built this hell place and, and I'll just use this one example of the worst person in humanity. And that one being will be uh, burned forever so that everyone else can go to heaven. It's too far for me. There are no temporal crimes that are worth the eternity of punishment that the, that the typical run-of-the-mill Christian believes in. So if you got a different God than that, come around. Let's chat about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so much. Go, go ahead so many, and, so go ahead and respond. Well, nope. <laughs> Don't, you're, you see, you're, you're doing the thing. The, the, the time limit has been set. We've passed it, and you're, you're egging me on. Uh, you've got to say something to that you've got to say something you've got I, to say and i will say it with the next person i talk to so um <laughs> here's the thing i was going to do these and each participant they wouldn't be able to hear what the last person said but i'm i think i am going to put this conversation out as an example conversation um to get some responses to this because i want to hear what some of the christians have to say to so I'm actually going to put this thing out today sometime. Going to be, gonna be uh, a hot town, hot time in the old town tonight. It will. <laughs> it will. Um, ever dance with the devil in your pale moonlight? Um, anyway, <laughs> alien girlfriend's more my speed. Enough Batman. So, um, so I think that's it. It's been a long day for me. So I. Um, I want to call it. I'm actually going on a uh, mini vacation this week. And, and so that's another reason why I think I'm going to just go ahead and put this up right now. And uh, I will be getting in touch with uh, you people. You know who you are um, to do your interviews, which will be shorter than this one um, throughout Fire. the week. You say they will. You say they will. Let, let me at least let me at least enjoy the fantasy that I'm gonna do better the next time. Okay, I know. Okay, this. all right. <laughs> in the in the meantime, people, uh, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you on the board. Skeptics and Seekers. Squarespace. Com. Send me an email. Skeptics and Seekers at gmail. Com. See you as the week progresses.